0: You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.
1: I'm not an artist, but I am the son of one. You're listening to Cornfield Theology. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here, pastor of Hill Church, located in the Des Moines metro. Thanks for listening to another edition of Cornfield Theology. You can catch all the content at cornfieldtheology.com. Also check us out on Apple. Uh, what is it? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, everywhere. I don't know. I have a guy who does all that for me. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. We hope this content is helpful for you. Also go to cornfieldtheology.com and you can check out all the blogs that are on there as well and all the past podcasts. Uh, we just want to be a... A blessing, first to our local church, but also to anyone else who listens in, who wants to think well about culture, Christianity, and God's word. And I'm excited today. Um, my, my intro said I am not an artist, but I am the son of one. And what I mean by that is quite literal. I am the son of an artist. Uh, my father uh, was an art teacher for 35 years, and so I've, I've thought a lot about art. If you go to my, my parents' home back in Dubuque, Iowa, my dad has an art studio and I'm fairly certain it's like thousands of paintings in this art studio, pictures, paintings, drawings, all that kind of stuff. So all, I say all that to say this, I've thought a lot about art over the years and um, what the meaning of art, why is it important um, now as a Christian, um, how do I approach art? Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. And I got a very special friend with us today. Shelby, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Yeah. So we we talked about this. What? Well, Pre pre COVID, right? Yeah, <laughs> and we're like, oh, let's do a podcast on art and Christianity because uh, you appreciate the arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably, I think, I think a lot of people appreciate the arts in general. Mm-hmm. You take special interest in the arts. i mm-hmm. uh, obviously, like I said, I've thought a lot about it. So we wanted to have this conversation, like as Christians, how do how do we approach you know the arts in general, big category? So you could think photography to uh, a musician, mm-hmm. a painter. Uh, anything where you like creating. Right. Right. So, uh, so we're going to, we're really going to dial into that today. But before we begin, give us a quick bio. Like, how do we even know each other?
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we were both in the Minnesota church before yeah. we came here.
1: That's right. Sovereign Grace Church in the uh, Twin Cities. Yep. It's not Cornerstone.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, and so I think I met you through that mm-hmm. and actually got to know you better when I brought my dear friend Marion. That's right. To yes. talk about anti-trafficking yes, stuff. Yes, that's right. So, I
1: remember that actually that day very vividly.
0: Yeah, that was a, a really conversation. helpful
1: conversation. Yeah, um,
0: and uh, yeah, uh-huh, I
1: think kind of through that, yeah, you know, God called uh, me to start a church, right? And I kind of put out the call, like, who's coming with me? Like, Jerry Maguire with the goldfish,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a little bit, <laughs> kind of felt like that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like even the circumstances of when we decided to come, or at least when we were seriously considering mm-hmm. the church plant, was. After my husband lost his job,
1: yeah. So you see, the kind of the providence of God and all that,
0: right? Yeah. And I distinctly remember that conversation because I wasn't at home yeah. when he lost his job. I was yeah. in Texas visiting yeah. family,
2: yeah.
0: and I remember coming back, flying in Sunday morning for church. Mm. And when I remember we talked to you afterwards. And I'm not an artist, having a hard time. Just but I am the son of general. one
1: you're listening to cornfield we theology. did talk about
0: that shortly after that but i think we or maybe we talked to talk to you about that beforehand and then when hey everyone lost, sean here, pastor sean here pastor of redemption church located in the Moines metro and i distinctly remember cornfield theology after we you can catch you all you the content happened, at cornfieldtheology.com like, I'm, I'm not telling, I'm also not check telling us out you what to do apple <laughs> uh, what is it? Apple Podcasts, but i really Spotify, think you guys should come to moines
1: youtube and I think I think I in God's kindness. I have a I guy who does all that for me. Anyways, uh, thanks we for listening. We hope this content is helpful for you. Like, also, go to cornfieldtheology.com and you can check out all to the like blogs that are on there as well and all the past into, podcasts. Really just, uh, we just want to be know, a, a blessing, first to our local church, that. but also to anyone else who listens in, who wants to think well about culture, Christianity, and God's word. Yeah. And I'm excited today. My intro said I am not an artist, but I am the son of one. And what I mean by that is quite literal. I am the son of an artist. Uh, my father uh, was an art teacher for 35 years. And so I've I've thought a lot about art. If you go to my my parents' home back in Dubuque, Iowa, yeah, we my dad do. has an art studio. And I'm fairly certain it's like thousands of paintings in this art studio. Pictures, paintings, drawings, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So all, I say all that to say this. Thought I thought a, a, a very lot about natural art outflow. over the years
0: for and, um, sure um i the mean meaning
1: of art to why is be it fair, important my husband is um, also now very a christian like, um magic, how do i art?
0: the fact that he um, uh, so
2: know,
1: we're gonna talk about that is, today and i got a very um, special friend with us he's today. a data analyst shelby how you, you doing? know
0: there's creativity even in that yeah, so we, we, we weird talked that about probably this sounds, about, because you're like numbers boring blah but right? he sees something that and i don't let's do
1: a podcast on art and christianity uh because you appreciate the arts uh, you probably, I think, I think a lot of people appreciate right. the arts in general. You take special interest in the arts. I've obviously, like Absolutely. I said, I've thought a lot about it. So yeah, we totally. wanted to have this conversation, like as Christians, how do how do we approach, you know, yeah. the arts in general, big category. So you could think photography to uh, a musician, a painter, uh, anything where you like creating, right? Okay. So, uh, so we're gonna we're really gonna dial into that today. But before we begin, give us a right. quick bio. Like, how do we even know each other? <laughs> uh, well, we both in Church, yeah, that's right. Sovereign Grace Church in mm-hmm. uh, Twin Cities. Yep. It's not Cornerstone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I
0: think mm-hmm. when that.
2: that mm-hmm. it
1: that's, a got mm-hmm. and a that's right. Yes. Yes, that's right. So, I remember that, actually, that day very vividly. Yeah. That was a really helpful conversation, yeah. I think kind of through that, Mm. you know, God called uh, me to start church, and I kind of put out the call like, "Who's coming with me?" Like Jerry Maguire with Mm. the goldfish. You know, Mm.
2: kind of felt like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you see the kind of the providence of
0: God and all that. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. Well, I mean, the, the fact that he created everything—that—that that was speaks that at the, to, the cafe in Burnsville. Um, creative design. Okay. You know, there's um, there's a there's a specific okay. type of touch and thought process that comes. That comes with that so that's not it's intentional but it's also expansive if that makes sense um so and i think there's (laughs) there is obviously like implicit and explicit beauty that comes from that um and it honestly even makes me think of like um Mm -hmm. the way that i think i've heard jonathan edwards talk about the way that like god designed spider webs the fact that they are designed that way like that speaks to intelligent totally. design in and, and of itself, and but also something that is very creative is in nature, like who, like, he's like he's, why he's, that design. He's our lead guy at yeah. Redemption Church, yeah, a yeah,
1: faithful dude, just like you've been. But in terms of you know um, worship and song, yeah. he's been faithful. He's <laughs> very pastoral in leading our church. Right. We get a lot of comments right. about about Ryan, so we're so thankful for him. So you, you got a very artsy mm. family mm-hmm. between you, you and Ryan. So I mean, you got. I imagine that house is like we just you just always always on the mind or you're involved in it whether it's the creative arts you know whether it's photography <laughs> to to music I think it's a very
0: yeah mm, yeah yeah there's a there's a difference between mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. quality versus quantity you know yeah. It, it, it yeah yeah, and I think going back to what you said too mm-hmm. about intentionality, like yeah. the way that God formed everything, to the way that He's entrusted Which us with that intentionality. Which is crazy. That like we th- you have a very different personality than Ryan. Ryan. I have, I a, have a different personality not, than you and Ryan, right? And yet we all
1: come and say, "There's something beautiful." Of. Of. I feel like there's a weightiness in and the creative um, world.
0: Um, and I, me personally, I feel like and there's a. There's I think, a, think to, to some degree, we're all tackling with, "Hey, what does this mean as a Christian?" And we're going to talk about some of our frustrations.
2: Um, you know, even going back to what you said about, sometimes um, you know, you didn't feel like you have had much of a creativity or in, or you know,
0: like maybe in your pinky. Or it's just being done. I actually, I guess a little um, preview something we're, that we're I read in, in Andrew Peterson's Adorning the Dark. But,
1: but generally speaking,
0: um, Very good book. Highly recommend it to anybody. <laughs> whether you are right. uh, a, innately, whether right? you're an artist or you're a stay-at-home mom or like, you're in ministry like this book mountains. just kind of speaks exactly. to that, that's something everything and created anything and everything that, um, there that. was something and that he said that actually really stuck out as to me.
1: image of god and
0: that was that and
1: even more to the point you know image god. creative we're has kind of
0: become a bit of a buzzword we almost
1: now take that in the sense that um, there, there can attribute. be almost it's an attribute god has like that now we can do not or, all attributes to god are are communal, even like legalistic like now we're creators now we can create yeah as well. but i
0: mean even within like the art community okay of like this is art uh. this is not art and he makes the argument and here at least it was a convicting point for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: i am not a mom but who is to say that a mom who stays home with her kids and creates a space of generosity and hospitality in the home, that that is not creative.
1: You know, that you make a really good point because right before you said that, right after I said I got, you know, a creative bone in my pinky, I thought to myself, every Sunday I write a manuscript. Yeah. And then I deliver that sermon. Yeah. And it takes a lot of energy and effort to do that. And there's something being created in that
0: absolutely well the fact that god is working in you as you are faithful to his word to study and to encourage a small community of people to help us dive deeper into the word to know god more who's to say that that's not creative oh totally
1: and i even think about i'm even i mean now that we're just kind of just discussing this i'm thinking about my kids for example Mm. like there there is something innate in them that they're they were made to create Mm. you know like we talk we've we've talked offline on my oldest child She's a really good drawer. she loves drawing and she's got this picture she made and it's up in an art museum somewhere in West Des Moines and we're gonna go watch and, or go look at it along with the other you know stuff that's been made that was created. And I think about my youngest daughter like she wakes up, we we'll homeschool and so they got a little extra flexibility time to play. but man, they make the most amazing structures with like these magnetiles mm-hmm. like I, I look at that and I'm like, all right, so like they make a farm, for example, yeah. with stables and a house and a field and da, 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 all these things, the toys that they're using. They're creating. Mm-hmm. They're creating. We, and I think what Peterson's getting at, and I think what's good to point out here, is that we tend to limit art mm. and creating to like the painting, yeah. photography, music, yeah, very specific categories. And what I'm suggesting is we're all creative mm. in our own ways.
0: Right, right, yeah. I mean the way that God has made us with our own like gifts and abilities, mm-hmm. that there is some natural creativity in that.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: whether that's my husband being a data analyst Absolutely. or the way that you articulate sermons or your girls putting together tiles, yeah. you know, like there is something beautiful mm-hmm. in that.
1: Yeah. And even I think, I think theater too, mm. I'm Just kind of bring it back to, to my kids here for a moment and, and how there's created creativity going on, even though no one really taught it to them. Mm so we, we would say theaters part of the arts. Hmm. And so I see my kids playing together and they're using all these mega tiles and toys but they're 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 creating a, a whole story mm. together. They didn't even plan this ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. just as they go there's this story that's developing as they build this castle using these horses and these toys over here right. and all of a sudden they got their own play going on.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And it was just innate in them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No
1: one taught it to them. They yeah. just knew they're creative. Yeah. So God, God, um, as his image bearers, going back to Genesis 1, 27, mm. has made us to be creative creatures. Really important.
0: Yeah. And as you're saying that, that actually made me think of a comment. Yeah. My, uh, my dearest um, friend Stacy actually was talking, because um, her and I dialogue a lot about story in general um storytelling and like good storytelling and i mean that's expansive from even the way that the parables are written oh yeah you know the way that the psalms are written absolutely um movies tv theater like what you were saying um and she made this really um i just thought this was a really helpful comment um god relates to us through art Using parable stories in the Bible, knowing how we relate to narrative, using a rainbow as a visual representation of his promises, communion and baptism as physical symbols, um, acting of redemption truth. Mm -hmm. Um, encouraging poetry and songwriting and the Psalms, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we kind of maybe talked about this a little bit before where it's like, you know, in movies and TV and film that really speak to us, there are redemptive elements. There's like a, there's a specific way that they're crafting story that really helps us dial into something that maybe is really like personally convicting for us, something that God is using to speak truth to us or to help us See other people's humanity mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having like a broader definition of what it means to be compassionate or how to love and serve one another or process something really difficult like grief or trauma right. or you know any of those things. so it's so expansive, which is honestly why why I love it so much is there's so much there. there
1: is and I think you're hitting on another point that's helpful for Christians to kind of put into their mind is that we can approach the arts you know broadly speaking even if it's not explicitly christian art right there are things we could we could see be like you know what that's a christian theme
2: mm-hmm.
1: or that's a helpful point that maps on to what god's word says mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to be completely dismissive now there are certainly a line within the arts where it's like no that is that's evil art that's bad art that's not cool mm-hmm. and we don't want to go necessarily go down that road we just want to acknowledge like there's some things out there within the art broadly speaking that's just unchristian
0: right right and so then that would be an important distinction as to not that secular art can't point to redemptive themes but there's definitely a way that art can also be used to point out things almost for shock value or things that are not beneficial so like everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial Mm -hmm. i feel like especially Mm -hmm. with art that's a that's a pretty good. That's a
1: helpful category. Yeah. From scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's an example of like, I've used this one in church. So I'll use it in this podcast. Um, Inside Out, the, the movie. Yeah. I like that. I like that way more than my kids do, by the way. Oh, But anyways, so good. there's this scene um, uh, between Joy and Bing Bong and they're in this pit and they're trying to get out. And, you know, when Bing Bong and Joy sing to the, the what do they call it? The rider. Um, it's basically a wagon. And, yeah, yeah. and it flies, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the whole idea is like they're in this pit and if they sing to it, it'll fly them out of the pit. Well, here's the problem. There's like too much weight yeah. on the wagon for it to fly comfortably over the ledge right. and into safety. And so Bing Bong, he, they start singing. Bing Bong realizes that he needs to jump off the wagon just at the right time so that Joy in the wagon will go to the top and get out of the pit. And he does it. And I, I, remember, I remember very... Very uh, specifically, when I was watching that with my kids, I paused the movie, and I just wanted them to say, "This is what self sacrifice looks like. Mm. The importance of self sacrifice. Mm. Now, where have we seen this in Scripture, guys mm. or gals? And then, so we, t- we made make a beeline to the cross. And go right. to Philippians too, right? Right. And we, so there are some opportunities within secular arts mm-hmm. for Christian. I'm not right now. I'm talking as a Christian parent. To point out to see these things and be like, no, look at that. Right now, one of my one of my frustrations currently within culture is that a lot of those redemptive things seem to be going away more and more. Mm. It, uh, that'd be my opinion. Yeah, some people might disagree with that. Um, so I'm I'm always looking for those good things where where, the, yeah. where those redemptive themes still exist, and we could point to it.
0: Yeah. Well, if you don't mind me asking, what what certain things do you feel like? are going away yeah. or, or, or what are you noticing more? yeah i
1: i i think that that's a great question i think generally speaking within cinematography so mm. i'm thinking like what netflix puts out disney plus sure movies short series that we're, we're digesting i'm seeing less and less of redempt uh, christian themes and actually thing uh themes that are antagonistic to christianity
0: yeah so kind of like the rise of like anti-hero type stuff
1: correct and there's a lot more we can there's a lot i could say on that um but that that is what i'm seeing there's a drift away from these traditionally redemptive values mm. that mapped on so clearly within Chris, with christianity and now we have something other than that mm. and even antagonistic to it so anti-hero would be one of them um how God made a man and a woman would be another one, things like that. Mm. And there's more and more of that there. That is not to say we don't have content that's coming out that still has those redemptive themes. Yeah. But, and this could be a, just like, the, there's just more out there in general.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair.
1: I mean, with the rise of Netflix. Oh yeah. That in terms of, again, movies and shows, it just took off. Like there's a th- I know there's a thousand short series that I haven't watched. that are like really, really good
0: yeah you know i'll just never get to yeah and i feel like um again kind of going back to what i was mentioning about with my um my friend stacy Mm -hmm. um that it's what we often like lament over is more of like is it more of focusing on like the antagonistic sort of things that Mm -hmm. seem to go against those redemptive things like you talked about yeah or is it just bad storytelling it could be that too you know um i feel like that's something that we lament a lot about is like either the way that they're building these characters like that feels sloppy or you know what you had a really good opportunity to point out something (laughs) there and you just totally missed the mark yeah i
1: I think it's probably both yeah i I think there's probably both that work because let me say it differently um, yeah, I talked earlier about there's a line like the Christians should not expose themselves to this type of content within the arts. Mm. I think there's more in that across that line there's, than there's ever been mm. that we should not expose ourselves to. Mm. There's still a lot for us to to enjoy. But unfortunately, I think and this makes sense now that we have more available than we ever have in, yeah. in, in history
0: yeah and that's hard that's really hard to like because how that line is drawn is so different Mm -hmm. to every person yeah and what you feel like you can handle yeah and what's again you know everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial you know um speaking as to somebody who's emotionally sensitive i have to be guarded about what i take in versus somebody who can like read comics or watch tv series that are Really darken themes, but they can see redemptive themes that I just can't.
1: I can't do horror movies. Yeah. I just I can't do it. Yeah. Same. It's just a n angochable. Yeah. I'll be left with nightmares for a month. <laughs> same. So same. <laughs> so I think that's a good category to have, but I think there's also a second category that it's not about whether it's permissible or not, it's that it's ungodly. Yeah. And like so those, those, and I think this is where Christians just need to be aware and wise.
0: Yeah. You know? Discerning. Yeah.
1: Uh, great word. Yes. Absolutely. Discerning about the contents that's around us and the things that we take in yeah. because art is, art can be beautiful. Yeah. You know, we want to see that beauty and embrace the beauty and behold the beauty. Right. So uh, we had that first question that we were kind of talking around. Why should we be talking about art and Christianity? I think you can, you can add on to this, but fundamentally it's beautiful. Mm. and um god created a beautiful world Mm. and we want to be creators in that beauty as well
0: yeah i also think it's actually um it's an opportunity for us as believers to just continually express who it is that we're worshiping yeah who it is that we were made as image bearers from right you know um it's a way that we can continue to reflect the gospel in everyday living whether it's explicitly said or not yeah um so we don't necessarily have to um be explicit. We can be we can be explicit about our attachment to the gospel. We can be explicit about the gospel in and of itself around beauty mm-hmm. and using that as an opportunity to not necessarily like, you know, preach something down your throat, sort of sort of a thing, but more as a opportunity to be like, do you see this piece of art do you see this um story this book this art piece this mm-hmm. comic yeah. these are ways that you know the gospel speaks to me and, it, and like again like especially if you're in a non-christian context that is such a good way yeah. to kind of invite people into that conversation absolutely um and just create a bigger, more gracious space mm-hmm. to, ha- to go deeper into that conversation, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think Christians are not leveraging the arts enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, here's some good quotes. This comes from uh, Francis Schaeffer. Wrote a really book, really good short book called Art in the Bible. If you have not read it, I would really encourage you to read it if you're trying to get your mind around how do these two intersect and what does that mean for Christianity. First quote. Uh, the lordship of Christ should include an interest in the arts. He makes it that that clear. Mm. So he's obviously you know plays his hand right away. Here's another another quote from Francis Schaefer. The arts should not hold a peripheral place in the Christian life. While our souls are saved, so too are minds and bodies the arts have value in themselves and not just as a vehicle for evangelism. So he's saying there's more. Yeah. Indeed, as the Swiss artist uh, Paul Robert, don't know about him, has illustrated, the arts will make their wa- their entry into heaven. <laughs> and when I, I even think about that from an eschatological perspective, like, mm. do you think heaven is gonna be drab and boring? Oh, heavens, no. I, 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 pun intended.
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Actually, no, that, that was a slip on my, my part. <laughs> That's really funny.
1: But we, I th- you get the point, though. It's going to be beautiful. Right. Oh, yeah. So, again, it, and I think the, there's going to be just more creativity um, as we, you know, as image bearers walk yeah. in to what God has created for us. And we, yeah. be- we become creators as well. We continue to be creators as
2: well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Again, I'm probably going to be referencing Andrew Peterson yeah, a lot. That's great. Um, His songwriting, I feel like, actually reflects that as well. I feel like he uses the metaphor of a garden. A lot. Um you know why? Um and I'm I mean a lot of it is it's a slow growth. Mm. It's not something that's gonna come overnight. Yeah. And he talks about it in a way that it's like I mean, especially for me, inst- you know, instant gratification is a is a is a hard thing. Um, especially when you're an artist and you just wanna have oh, yeah. something that's like, oh, this is perfect and yeah. so recovering perfectionist. Uh, <laughs> um you know when you're trying to create something and it, and you want it to be perfect but it's not mm. and the fact that you have to be you know you have to give yourself grace and also wrestle with this isn't done yet
1: man yeah you I, know. I can't tell you how many times my dad would paint something again yeah. our house is full of art or my parents house and it looked great it would look great my dad would be like, but my dad would stare at it He's like nope, and he would com- he would completely throw it away or paint over it or whatever. Right, and there is a sense of like, there's more that can be done here.
2: Right, right. And
1: some and you know and, and you know in his own way he was a perfectionist because mm-hmm. he was really taking pride in it. Right. Um, but we kind of see what art can do, and there's there's m- more beauty that that could be displayed.
0: Right, and it, there's a there's a sense of waiting for for God to do the work too, yeah. as yeah. you're in that process of growing being sanctified you're pulling out the weeds you know it like so this is actually a really this is a really good metaphor um uh in therapy Mm -hmm. there is this idea of um art therapy so you're using uh visualizations to help you process something Mm -hmm. right right and um so for example um, I am in therapy, and I was talking to um, my therapist, and so we we kind of hit like a big aha moment. And so she was asking me, "So how does this how does this feel for you?" And um, and I was like, I kind of get this image that comes to mind mm-hmm. of like you can see the bare ribs, mm. and there's this cupboard, and you basically just opened up the cupboard, and you sure. see all the the you see all these beautiful blossoms that are starting to grow, so good fruit that's coming mm. from hard labor, um, right. hard work, being patient, waiting for things to take root and grow, um, to get healthy. But then there's also all this junk, all mm. these weeds and thorns that are trying to choke out the healthy growth. Well, you got to put in the work. Mm to get rid of all that stuff, you know? And so I feel like that's a really, again, that kind of ties back to what Andrew Peterson was talking about too, with um, equating, you know, art. And I feel like to some degree, just even Christian living to a garden, because you're constantly having to pull weeds and make room for healthy growth and trusting God that he will do that work in you too, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's a both and God is at work and you need to work. Right. Yeah, Right. And uh, we have, we have a bunch of garden beds. Yeah. Um out out in front of our property here. And uh first year we were here, we tended that we attended those gardens so diligently. Mm-hmm. We had things budding, we had some good good rain, which helped of course. Uh this last year didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. I mean right now it looks like a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. It's just like whoa. And the reason why it looks that way, even though some stuff did grow. Is because we stopped attending to it. Mm. We stopped caring for it. Yeah. We didn't have time, but the point remains. Yeah. You got to put the work into it as well. Yeah. To see good art. Uh, Question. In what ways can faith be expressed through art? So we've talked about art, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, And a little bit about the intersection of faith and the arts, but specifically, in what ways can faith be expressed through the arts?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um...
1: What I have in mind here is not necessarily, you know, watching inside out and picking up the redemptive theme, but being very explicit Mm. in our faith, Mm. you know, in Christ in particular. Mm. Is there a place for that within Christianity?
0: Absolutely. Again, there's a fine line between trying to be almost like too preachy about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, almost like producing bad art for the sake of trying to... Like, I think of, I mean, not to throw people under the bus here, but mm-hmm. um, I think of Christian films that are coming out recently. Yeah. And that it can feel a tad cringy because it feels like it's more about preaching the gospel than it is actually trying to maybe get at some bigger themes that would maybe reveal the gospel in and of itself, if that makes sense. It
1: makes sense. There's a the way I think about it. I don't mind um, it being overly preachy personally. Sure. I, I, I have a problem with just crappy acting.
0: I mean, that too. <laughs> that too. Yeah. That's that doesn't help sell it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly.
1: I, like, I watched, we watched The Chosen. Yeah. So, for example, like you just, there's no way you can't watch The Chosen and be like, this is just, they're trying to display the gospel. Now, for those people who have problems with imagery of Christ and things like that, I get you. I understand your points here. I'm actually very sympathetic with that. But just pause that iconoclastic point for just a moment was is the chosen that series done by vid angel done really well
0: i absolutely think so i
1: absolutely think so yeah that's one of the few in my opinion and i don't want to i don't want to talk down on christian um cinematography i just want them to up their game right that was done really well i want to see more of that done yeah that kind of quality of content yeah and i wonder if like the, the 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 reaction against the preachy stuff is, is more tied to like, like if you got to share the gospel, can we just do this right? Right. Can we do this well? Right. And uh, that's that's where I get.
0: That's right. kind of how I
1: view. Yeah. Even with Christian music too.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's like,
1: can we just do this well? I mean, there can be a variety. Whether you want to do bluegrass or rock or whatever, just
0: right. do it well. Right. Yeah. And again, I think that goes back to quality mm-hmm. over quantity. Yeah. Um, there is something to be said about doing things in excellence, Yes, you yes, know, absolutely. excellence does matter because again, it, it re if we're entrusted as God's people to be creative by nature, you know, then that also means there is a weight of responsibility to do that yeah. well and to think, think through those things well and to do that with excellence to the best of your ability you know and not necessarily just uh i don't want to say flippant because i feel like that's not a helpful word but just like do it like what you were saying like in a way that's more helpful and not necessarily potentially hindering to what it is that you're trying to accomplish if that makes sense yeah
1: so like I, i don't know all the christian movies that just came out but let's say i went to one and i wanted to take my unbelieving friend right and i i believe in the themes of the of the movie because they're biblical great I, I would imagine my friend would be like i can't believe i wasted x amount of dollars watching this because it just wasn't done well
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm like that's a fair point yeah I, another way that for me i think about it is i'd rather listen to one really good album a christian album over and over and over again mm-hmm. than 10 mediocre ones that mm-hmm. were just kind of slapped together now i say this as a guy who doesn't Know anything about music? I got a guitar sitting in my office here, (laughs) and I have a dream about learning how to play that thing. Do you (laughs) someday? That's cool. (laughs) That's why it's there, but I haven't picked it up. (laughs) So, (laughs) but it's I'll just pause here and realize I'm not the most creative when it comes to music, but I'm a consumer, Mm -hmm. and there's music that I like, right? And I think sometimes we can identify when things are done with excellence, like you say, and things are just kind of done poorly.
0: Yeah, and I think to your point too. Even like if you brought a a, a non believer friend to the theater and mm-hmm. you're both able to kind of dissect this Christian movie, is you know is it is it actually getting a point? Is it getting the point across that it's trying to? Mm. Like you said, like bad acting does not help that. Um, mm-hmm. But does it actually get a get the gospel across in a way that is encouraging? That it it, it you can actually see the ways that it either. Brings conviction in a healthy mm-hmm. way. It's not, um, it's not allowing, um, you know, shame to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. Um, and I had a thought there and totally lost.
1: No, that's all right. But I'll make this point, and then I got another question for you. Um, it does take doing in order to pursue excellence. Mm-hmm. Nothing becomes excellent right out of the shoot. Right. So I do want to acknowledge that. Yeah. I, I even think about talked earlier about as a person who preaches um i've gotten better at communicating over time mm-hmm. it takes some doing mm-hmm. so i want to pause and be like okay i got to hang up with a lot of you know christian movies and things like that even some christian art mm-hmm. but it does take doing in order to become excellent at at your craft mm-hmm. and so um, that would be the caveat i would have now i just want i just want our christian community to kind of move ahead a little faster <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, to pers- to really go all in on pursuing the excellence, and some people certainly are. And you've mentioned Andrew Peterson. Uh, we talked about the Chosen earlier, how that's done really, really well, right? I, it really is. There's a the Wingfeather series,
0: yeah, Wingfeather Saga,
1: Saga. Sorry, thank you. That's okay. And that's Andrew Peterson too, right? Yeah. So there are certain things out there. There's certain artists, and we'll give some recommendations at the end here. Wood, wood. Yeah, that that like it's been done well. Yeah. Um, but I think also we want more Christians to to pursue the excellence as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question for you. Uh, obviously we're talking about the intersection between Christianity and the creative arts. Mm-hmm. Other than the non-pursuit of excellence, uh, what is the hang up between the creative arts and modern day Christianity?
2: Mm. I think,
1: I do think there's a section of Christianity that just says, you know what? We are merely an intellectual uh you know we want to be transformed by the renewal of our mind Romans 1 biblical verse therefore we are just intellectual beings we need to understand the gospel and we need to leave it there
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't i don't i don't agree with that um, so I'd be one hang up are there any other hang ups that christians might have with art with the arts in general
0: um i think there there can be a sense of I think, I think there is like a sense of like weird gatekeeping. being. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. You know um, where it's, you it, know, if you're an artist or not, or like, Oh, you need to be this type of creative yeah, 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 to yeah. fit in with, with this crowd sort of a thing. Um, and so I, th- I think there's definitely that. Um,
1: do you think that in the minds of some Christians, and I understand I'm generalizing, but I want to draw out a point. Do you think, that there's a perception that liberals, liberal Christians, or whatever, or liberal, uh, uh, politically speaking, right, oh, far more less, progressive. progressive, yeah. They they're the ones that do the arts. Oh, you know, I, I've seen that. Okay, I've certainly seen that in the in the minds of Christians, where it's like we wouldn't do that because they do that, hmm. and it's almost like what? Yeah, I don't agree with that. Like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a very uh democratic socialist family
0: right yeah and
1: so i saw a lot of that okay and um you know when i came to faith in my early 20s there was this sense of like oh all them over there politically speaking they're the ones who own own all the art Ooh. yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i totally see that okay i've had those conversations yeah and, that, and i and as a son of an artist right and one who does like this is how much i love art i was in london one time i uh, went to afghanistan um we had to make our way to London to get back to the states, and we wanted to stay a few days. I'm with my buddy; he mm-hmm. was my pastor at the time, and uh, we got a couple of days to kill in London. Mm-hmm. What does he want to do? He wants to go to all the World War II museums. Yeah. which I read a lot of history books. I love, yeah. I love that. But what I wanted to do was go to all the art museums. <laughs> um, I love art,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And even though I'm not great at you know drawing a picture or doing a painting or whatever, I love, love art. Yeah. And so, um when I hear some Christians say, we you know, that's just not for us. It's mm. it's um secular. Mm. That's probably the way to think about it. Okay. We have the sacred, we have the secular.
0: And mm. the two
1: shouldn't mix, right? I push back and say, "No." Yeah. No. All this is sacred as well. Yeah. We uh, wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, and we for reasons for reasons we already discussed, like God created us to be creative.
0: Well, in the and the uh, it's you know, kind of like what we talked about with the book of Esther. Mm, yeah. You know, it's not that God can't use everyday people, whether they're believers or not, to still explicitly express something that is tied to the gospel, whether mm. it's redemptive themes or the way that we process grief or we process shame or consequences of sin. You know, um, so many of those things can be flushed out, whether it's mm-hmm. regardless if it's a... a strictly christian context or a strictly secular context if yeah. that makes sense yeah
1: yeah We're, we went through the book of esther at our church and we wrapped that up a couple weeks ago and the name of god is not mentioned once mm-hmm. and yet we see the providence of god mm-hmm. woven throughout the characters and the story
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: a beautiful picture yeah god was in it the whole way just as we could approach art and say man this is beautiful mm-hmm. um i don't like jackson pollock as a as a a, but but some people might approach that be like "Eh, that's beautiful
0: right right truth be told i'm not a huge pollock fan yeah i mean like i grew up that's my personal preference
1: (laughs) i'm I'm like if i'm doing art history i'm doing like (laughs) da vinci or um, Mm. michelangelo and Mm. i'm just thinking about a lot of artists my dad grew up with or not grew up with but
0: okay so really random artist plug for you Yeah, yeah so in was it high school maybe early college hmm. i was introduced to an artist and i don't remember where he's from but i want to say his name is andy goldsworthy hmm. never heard um and he is a person that would actually take objects found in nature and basically like build like little stone mounds and he would take pieces of rock that like you're like there's no way that's going to stand on its own
1: yeah andy goldsworthy yeah I just, yeah i just looked them up
0: And some of his pieces are stunning. And he'll take like...
1: An English sculptor, photographer, yeah, who who produces site-specific sculptures. Yes. And land art situated in natural and urban settings. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I was so stunned by his work. I was like, that is the coolest thing. He's using nature. He's using God's own nature to create something that was already found beautiful. And he just adds to it, you know? And I just thought that was so cool
1: yeah i'm looking at his stuff right now it is pretty cool
0: <laughs> but like you know again like he's so different than jackson mm. pollock but who's to say that neither is beautiful or that one is better than the other you know what i mean like they're yeah. all they they reflect beauty in a very specific way yes. that just happens to be different from one from one another but they're still both beautiful
1: so, we talked about this before we got on the mic, and we haven't used the terms. I'm going to use them now. Uh, to some degree, art is subjective. Right. Um, but there's also a point where it's not subjective, objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me explain where it's objective, and then maybe you can explain why it can be subjective as well. God created everything good. I think about the Garden of Eden. I, I haven't read Andrew Peterson yet, but I wonder if he has Eden in mind, the garden.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I mean, I think about, you know, Revelation.
0: He touches also a lot on, like, looking forward to the new heavens and the yeah, new earth. Exactly so he where ties where a go lot go into that imagery. So, new, yes. A new, a new
1: garden city when you get to the Revelation. Um, but because because God has created everything good, we do know that there are certain things, certain we see something we say that that is not beautiful and uh, the example i gave and this certainly unfortunately is relevant right now is like you look at a photograph of something in ukraine yeah. kiev you know i'm not going to call that beautiful mm. uh, war is um horrible yeah uh, regardless of what side you're on like war is just not good and i'm not going to look at that. that that photograph might be informative mm. it might even tell a story
2: Mm-hmm.
1: beautiful no
2: mm.
1: no and I was thinking more about this in my head like why why all of a sudden am i making a clear line between what is beautiful and what is not and then my mind went down this road is death um God wants us to flourish in life and when we see people's lives taken mm. from them we begin to say whoa that is not beautiful. Mm. So I think there is, there is, and there's, there's probably other ways to think about this. I'm honestly, if you're like getting into my mind, like unscripted, this is kind of where I'm at right now. (laughs) Like this is to be totally thinking out loud. (laughs) So who knows where we're going.
0: Brace yourself. But I wonder, I
1: I wonder if there's, there's other reasons why we say something is or isn't beautiful, Mm. you know, other than, you know, death as a category. Mm. What if there's other categories? Well, a clear and overt sin, right? Right. Like we talked earlier, there's a line that we just, as Christians should not consume stuff because it's overtly sinful. Mm. And I've got a whole host of things in my mind that, that would be in that category. Right. Because scripture is clear that that's not good. Um, and so we, in a sense, we do know beautiful, what is, what is objectively beautiful and what is objectively ugly. Mm. You know, how, that said, uh, let's say we come to a, Lead an art uh, a Da Vinci mm-hmm. painting. And you and I are standing there in the museum. And I say, Oh, that's amazing. You're like, eh. Yeah. What's going on there?
0: Yeah. That's more of a personal preference. Yeah. That's that's where art becomes subjective. Yeah. It's because what you see as beautiful may not be the same thing that I see as beautiful. But
1: I would I would be right though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well <Nope. laughs> not at all. Um yeah, that's that's preference. and and that's that's where it becomes subjective though, mm-hmm. um, is because like in and I think we talked about this earlier too, is within even within the Christian community or non-Christian community in any community, everybody's going to see beauty and interact with art in a different way.. Yeah. And so something that is going to stick out to that person or something that is going to resonate with them, something that's going to touch them personally, and give them a really powerful experience is going to be different from person to person. Mm-hmm. Now, that's also why there's like communities of like nerds that like really love like comics or really love music in a certain capacity or yeah. really love sports. You know, yeah, like sure. I mean, you name it. Any any community where there's like you guys are a bunch of nerds. You yeah. know, and yeah, honestly, yeah. that's why Man, th- this is a small random tangent but this is why i also love the term nerd yeah. it's because i actually get excited by that mm. where i see small communities of people no matter like what background they come from but they focus on this particular thing that they get excited about yeah and they see something beautiful that is really powerful to them yeah, yeah. and i love that because again that's something that is subjective to them but and i may not necessarily like Like, for example, the fact that my husband loves math and that he's a data analyst, like, I love (laughs) you, but I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, most of the time when you're talking about (laughs) that sort of thing. But I love that he's a nerd in that way. And the fact that he can, you know, interact with like fantasy sports that way and has a community of people that really like he can interact with and enjoy that with. That's subjective. I don't appreciate it the same way that he does, but that doesn't make it like objectively ugly or yeah, anything exactly. like that you know
1: Yeah. before you came i was watching um it's march madness yeah so like there's a lot of basketball and i love basketball mm-hmm. i love watching march madness so Iowa was playing wreckers and um it was a good game a lot of a lot of dunking like <laughs> men with a ball taking it home right i'm like all right it's a fun game to watch but there was one dunk by keegan murray he it was a um, it was a we, we talk about sports being art and it, it doesn't fit initially in some people's minds but it right but it does mm-hmm. it was the most beautiful of all the dunks <laughs> it was amazing i'm like oh it kind of leaves you speechless almost sure and so we we see that in that kind of niche category as well right and so part of it is preferential in the sense of like you know i'm not going to appreciate photography like you will you're probably not going to appreciate keegan murray taking the ball <laughs> to the hole and right. dunking on the on the on the team right like i would but we both can say wow There was some beauty in that, you know? Yeah. And uh, in a sense, beauty is in the eye of the beholder.
0: To some degree, yeah. To some
1: degree. And that's the subjective nature we're talking about in terms of art. Yeah. So, and I think it's helpful to have kind of those two categories. And I think we can comfortably live in that. Yeah. I think as Christians, I think it's important we can look at this and be like, you know what? Yeah, we can approach this responsibly in in a way that's helpful Mm -hmm. in pursuing excellence, knowing that there are limitations right right there god certainly has placed boundaries about what we can accept as good creative christian art Mm -hmm. Um, but also within that there's a ton to explore yeah there's a ton to appreciate there's a ton to pursue yeah how do we utilize art that's my next question
0: Mm. can you define what you mean by utilize
1: yeah so an easy one to say is that we utilize music uh, in the church mm-hmm. um your husband ryan faithfully for the last three and a half years has been leading us in worship and song mm-hmm. and uh we're utilizing that medium
2: mm-hmm.
1: but what about other other areas of the arts
0: mm. um the biggest one i can think of off the top of my head and again this is probably because it's the one i interact with the most mm. and that's actually this is hard um i think of music as well because i think music is a really great storyteller yeah it is in that way um and uh it's pretty expansive just within that category certainly is but i also think of like i grew up watching a lot of disney films and stuff like that as a kid and just kind of plopped in front of the television yep um but as an adult now being able to watch tv or movies that have way more gray it's not as black and white Mm -hmm. and you can see the brokenness that exists in that story or whatever it is that's going on with characters plot line you know character arcs you name it but at the same time you're still seeing like things like consequences of sin Mm -hmm. you're also seeing ways that characters overcome certain things so whether it's redemption or healing or going on a journey like i mean a really easy example of that would even be like chronicles of narnia lord of the rings you know those stories help us process through a lot of things those are really gorgeous pieces of art that i feel like are so multifaceted there's like hours of stuff you could like dig up through those things that are encouraging and um inspiring and also like empowering emboldening yeah um but also help us process through like if you're going through a really dark season Mm. i mean you know especially if you're a huge fan of music think of a song that really ministered to you through a really dark season i
1: got i do got a ton of songs that i've gone back to i'm like wow i remember how that Ministered to my soul, right? In the midst of a lot of pain,
0: right? Exactly. So I mean, I think of books or TV and movies that have done that for me, yeah. As well. So I think those are. The, I mean, those are the easiest things I can pick out because those are the things that I uh, work with or that I yeah. um have the most experience with on a day to day basis. So
1: it's interesting how art is, so it causes us to be emotive. Yeah. And um, I, th- I was thinking through music. And how that has, in before I was a Christian, before the Lord saved saved me, how it how it um, spoke to me, like uh, I was a big Dave. Man- I still am a big Dave Matthews fan, right? And uh, it's almost like in all of his songs is about relationships. You know, say so you you break up with a girl or whatever, or she breaks up with you, which wasn't usually the case for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like oh, Dave is speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> and then um, after the Lord saved my cold dead heart and um breathe life onto it i'm looking at christian music and i'm Mm. like whoa now that's ministering to me Mm. and i say that to say this as a christian it's like when the hard seasons come you want to go to something that's that's uh, speaking truth that's singing truth to you right uh it doesn't mean you can't go listen to whatever um again there's there's stuff in the secular world fine Mm -hmm. but if you really want ministry you go to that that hymn or that song by Andrew Peterson, or like uh, Josh Gerald right now. My yeah. kids are loving that right now. Yeah, go to that. Let the, how the truth to minister to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say all that to say this: uh, it's a, it's amazing how powerful music, or storytelling, mm. or um, painting can speak to people. Mm-hmm. Which means, as Christians, we want to leverage that and do it really well. Right, it's a tool
0: right yeah really good example of that so you know Mm -hmm. i mentioned therapy and the and the cupboard idea earlier yeah um so my therapist was challenging me to actually draw the cupboard and i am i am by no means like a drawer i used to paint but my skills are very um, yeah and uh, um that is not my forte (laughs) um And I started to just draw the cupboard itself. Not necessarily that you could see the ribs or the flowers or anything else Mm. that was going on in there. And I drew it and I showed it to her in in, in, um, one of our sessions. And one, she was like, "I had no idea that you were like an artist, like like a bona fide artist." And I was just like, "Okay, well, I mean, I'm not even that good of a drawer." And so the fact that she was even saying that was like, "Oh, okay." Um, But she's like, "So what do you see when you look at that? Mm -hmm. Like, what emotions does that evoke?" Yeah. And so the fact that we were able to process that and it's like, so why do you think that those emotions are mm-hmm. there? And we were able to just like a silly quote unquote drawing and sure. just people to pick out like deeper things that are there. Like mm-hmm. you're processing a lot of grief. You're processing a lot of hard things. And it's kind of scary to have to dig out the crud and dig out the really tough things to make room for growth, mm-hmm. to make room for the good things, to like take hold yeah. Um, and flourish, you know, but like even having something as a silly drawing like that yeah. to be an example of that is like, I mean, that that ministered to me yeah. so much. It was like, I would have never expected that, though, you yeah, know?
1: Yeah. And from a Christian worldview, and this is kind of the point I was trying to make earlier, and I think this is what you're driving at, is that these these the arts that create so much emotion within us. Mm. We need to make sure that drives us back to truth. Right. Uh, there is, you know, there's sometimes a pushback against the emotions within some Christian circles. And um, that's not the way to approach it. Right. It's uh, these the things that cause us to be emotive. Um, you know, the arts kind of doing that in us, whether it's a picture, a drawing, mm. uh, a song.
2: Right.
1: Need to drive us back to what is true. And yeah. we look at God's word and say that is true.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why so many different mediums really speak to me in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um. So I like I know we introduced your kids to Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. And there are so many themes in that series mm. that point me back to truth, even though that show is not remotely explicitly Christian. Yeah. And um, like what was it one of the main characters or a couple of the main characters? Like one is an uncle and a nephew, mm. and their relationship that you watch over over the three seasons or whatever and like what i think i even mentioned this at small group once that the uncle had said something and i was like (laughs) whoo! like that really like preached to me even though again he's not remotely christian but there was something explicitly about what he said that reminded me of a biblical truth yeah that was like i needed to hear that um or like a transformation that the nephew goes over over the three seasons he goes from a person of extreme anger to grace and compassion and hope and he becomes a completely different person um and what's more i mean you can't get a better example of that of what it's like to go from a dead person who doesn't know jesus to an Mm. alive person who does know jesus you know just i mean again like you look at a series like that, and you're like, what on earth? Like, yeah. And again, that's kind of why I consider myself like a nerd or like a yeah. weird person in totally. that way because it's like, who sees that? Yeah. But that makes me so grateful that God makes our brains that way to be creative, to be able to pick out those themes totally. and to draw hope and encouragement and to, po- like you said, like point us back to biblical truth mm-hmm. that way.
1: I say this often, and I've used this as an example before. Um, I love pointing out the Conflict between good versus evil, mm. and you certainly see that in secular movies, um, secular songs, right? Art, um, even. And uh, there's again, I'm notorious for hitting the pause button if I'm watching something, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll be like, all right, kids, yeah, um, I want you to understand that in this world there is good versus evil, mm-hmm. and uh, we can see these themes in scripture. And while this particular movie is not Christian, uh, this theme does exist now. In order to be able to do that, it's really important that you have a Christian worldview.
0: That's true. You know?
1: and A uh, biblical framework. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, again, kind of going back to... And it takes m- maturity. It takes time. It and does. And I'm not going to claim I'm the most mature person in the entire world. Well, ditto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was a season after the Lord saved me that I actually kind of withdrew withdrew from listening to any type of secular music mm. um, watching anything that's secular
0: yeah I did the same actually
1: yeah like uh, I mentioned Dave Matthews earlier like I just stopped listening to him mm-hmm. I've been to a bunch of his concerts love going to him love listening to him but I knew what I needed was to kind of rebuild or reconstruct um, a Christian foundation mm-hmm. so that when I do approach I mean it's the reason why Paul after he got saved right, right. he, he withdrew Mm-hmm. and he's like i'm out peace i got a lot to learn yeah but when he came back all of a sudden in Acts 17 he's 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 quoting um he's, a, he's at athens right at the Areopagus. he's he's quoting their philosophers yeah to talk about the gospel yeah you know
0: yeah he's speaking in their context yes exactly yeah
1: but it took it took having a strong biblical understanding of the world in order to be able to do that. And the same as us, right. So not, not everyone who's listening might be like, oh, I can start drawing out those themes. I don't know. Maybe right. you can. Right. Maybe you can't. Yeah. And I not think yet.
0: I think that's the tough part is because, again, like kind of the same thing with subjective art is, you know, some Christians, the, that may not necessarily be an easy thing for them to do. Yeah. And it is easier for them to not draw on the secular things or like mm-hmm. to not watch Avatar or not yeah. watch... Star Wars or things like that because just an example or like I think we maybe mentioned you know even like Disney like there are yeah. some things through Disney or things Netflix. that are on Netflix or Hulu or you name it that just isn't going to help them draw to Christ and like there's nothing wrong with that again it's you know things that are able to draw you to deeper biblical truth without either mm. being legalistic about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, or without getting yourself into hot water by consuming things that are just going to trigger sin, you yeah, know, totally. like, cause I certainly wouldn't want anybody to dip into those waters either. Um, yeah. cause I know that I've gone that way yeah. too far on accident thinking yeah. that, oh, this is fine. And then being like, oh no. Yeah. No, you know?
1: I think every Christian has been there. Cause I mean, if you're not living under a rock, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we live it, we are, we live in a secular society and just, mm. I mean where we live I mean there's times where I've been driving down the road there's a billboard you're just like what the closing the eyes I'm like but well, I can't close my eyes because I'm driving <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know convert the eyes or whatever change lanes and so right.
1: like, uh, so that does that certainly does happen yeah and uh, I think it just takes awareness
0: it does a sensitivity and I actually and discerning to what we yeah, talked about earlier
1: and, and as we mentioned earlier because now more than ever there's so much content yeah it is more important not more important it is especially important Mm -hmm. that we're discerning yeah because it's a ton there's a ton out there yeah like i'm I'm thinking about when i was younger compared Mm -hmm. to the content that's available whether it's music or movies or uh, pick your medium you know i mean even even the development of social media right what has that done for the photography community
0: yeah i mean it's it's a double-edged sword yeah to be honest but there's
1: a lot more content out there
0: it is at least it available is. for us to see it's true it's true it is a double-edged sword though um because you know they to some degree it's oh push content push content push content mm-hmm. but if your mental health goes out the window because you feel like you're not worth anything unless you produce something
2: yeah sure
0: that totally takes away from the idea then as a believer personally who is a photographer my goal is to reflect God yeah. in my work and yes. to be a space of grace and encouragement mm-hmm. and to reflect the beauty of whatever that person is whatever mm-hmm. their story is whatever they're going through so for example weddings yeah sure. you know like there's a weightiness that comes with that and if I'm just there to just push content then I'm not doing my job and I'm not honoring God in my job with the gifts and talents and creativity yeah. he's given me you yeah. know so yeah,
1: exactly and i thought of it like this like when 1981 was when i was born let's say there's 100 photographers in 1981 and now i'm 40 let's say there's still only 100 photographers what has changed hmm. uh, those photographers now have access to the internet and to instagram and facebook and twitter or whatever else have you and all of a sudden i may have seen one picture from one photographer in 1981 but now i got access to 100 yeah I mean, the shift that has taken place and what that has done to what you're mentioning to the double-edged sword of, of that particular community, like the, mm. the pressures we feel mm-hmm. or that you feel or whoever feels, um, have completely changed the game yeah. in terms of availability and content, which means as a, as a Christian, not only need to be discerning about what you're, about what you are taking in, but there's a level of guarding the heart as well. Yeah. If you're in, if you are that photographer, you are that musician, that pastor who preaches every week, right? You know,
0: yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like, especially the, you know, somebody, you know, personally, this has been a really hard struggle for me too, because I would say that I'm also an emotionally sensitive person, mm-hmm. yeah, and so things affect me more easily sure. than maybe uh, you know somebody else, and so yeah. it feels like I have to be extra guarded, then to mm-hmm. some degree, which Absolutely. is can feel so frustrating. Um, But at the same time, I feel like I've never been more encouraged than to find people, honestly, like Andrew Peterson, who can give context for, you know what, he's been doing this for 20 some years and he also feels the pressure of stuff that's happening now. But, you know, he's older, he's wiser, he has a family and can speak truth to that of like, how do you keep working at the garden? How do you Mm. keep fostering and flourishing As a believer, as somebody who is, um, you know, gifted with certain talents, how do you continue to work in such a way that's like, you keep going the course, you keep, um, you keep at it, you keep moving forward without getting distracted by all the other stuff, you know what I mean?
1: So, so what is it? What is a, what can be a curse is also a blessing.
0: Yeah. So
1: you got those hundred photographers. Yeah. What if those like 25 Christian photographers that are producing (laughs) content that that points us to truth mm. biblical truth mm. man latch on to those 25 mm. and just really and enjoy and that's the other thing about beauty god has created i'm just talking out loud again uh, god has created us to enjoy
0: right you and know, to delight in and
1: delight absolutely go to the grand canyon of this or, or the um the rockies and just enjoy heck i mean right now the sun's going down it'll go down in about an hour and a half i guess from the time of this recording the sun sets right over here across this field. Mm. Not across the field, but, you know, yeah. that's where the, from my vantage point, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like there are times my wife and I would just go out and watch the sunset. Mm-hmm. And so we can enjoy that. It's a beautiful thing we can enjoy and rejoice over.
0: Absolutely. And well, uh, and I feel like God wouldn't give us those things unless he meant for us to take enjoyment from those things.
1: You're exactly right. He has given us these things for us to enjoy. And not only that, we are, as we kind of let out with, we're creative beings who can now, um, as image bearers, uh, create content for other people to enjoy. Mm. Again, hopefully that point to the truth of who God is. Right. Um, and my, some of this is like general revelation category, you know, right. theologically speaking. Right. Uh, when you go to the Grand Canyon or you watch the sunset or whatever, but yeah, uh, we can enjoy these things. These, these creative things God has made mm-hmm. and that's pretty awesome to me. Okay. Uh we're going to get to some recommendations. Is there anything you want to say in this conversation before we get to some of your recommendations in terms of good Christian content that people could look into?
0: Mm, um, There is a really good quote by Andrew Peterson that I actually would love yeah. to share if that's okay.
1: You know what? We're just the Andrew Peterson fan uh,
0: club. <laughs> totally. And I'm so late to the game, man. I too. I am. I I'm, I'm almost ashamed of it too because... A lot of my other friends were like, how do you not know yeah. who this guy is? And and it's funny because I think there are other artists that are in his circle that I've known about longer than I've even known about him. But even the, com- I mean, honestly, the community of people that he has surrounded himself with over mm. how long he's been doing this speaks to God's faithfulness and his kindness. And he uses this, In the the book, again, Adorning the Dark, that art nourishes community Mm -hmm. and community nourishes art. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea because especially within a biblical context, I mean, just think of like how deep and rich that is, you know. Um, And I know that I like I think I sent you a message a couple of weeks ago about the profound impact of just our relationship with you and Sharice mm-hmm. since the beginning of the church and that yeah. season that Ryan was in job loss and all that stuff. Mm. But anyways, he keeps, he keeps talking about this sense of community. Yeah. Um, and it just, uh, it just, and he also talks about the difference too between like his, his unique community is different in the sense of around the time that they were writing a lot worship music was becoming really popular yeah sure and so then it was like this tension of we were overtly christian enough that we couldn't play in clubs yeah. but we were not christian enough to be played on the radio and be <laughs> part of the ccm yeah, you know yeah. Machine. yeah exactly um but the way that he talks about community in that way just was has reflects so much of the impact that i feel like ryan and i have both have had in the way that our art has been nourished by community and the way that we have felt our own giftings nourish community, if that makes sense.
1: Here's how this, this, this looks in the body of Christ. So like as a pastor, I have a community of pastors, right? As a photographer, you got a community of photographers. Um, If you have a, you have a worship artist, he's got a community of worship artists and those are good places to be. It exists because we're encouraging one another, maybe challenging one another, Um, We're bouncing ideas off one another, supporting one another, right? Right. Um, I've certainly been supported by many pastors who understand um, and sympathize with whatever, you know, same thing in photography. But then what do we have with the local church? All of a sudden you get out of those those particular silos and we have a photographer at this local church. We got a guy who loves music at our local church. We got several people who are really gifted in music at our church, right? Mm you have someone who loves to paint in a local church and then you have someone else who's doing something else creative over here at this local church right analytics you know whatever. yeah and all of a sudden you get all these people who you know are in these kind of little communities and especially with social media these days these communities are, are certainly um, uh, more accessible mm. but then we come together as a body and we have all these gifts and we can appreciate the gifts that everyone brings to the table in the local right. church. I, listen, I'm probably not, other than my iPhone, I'm probably not going to go and snap a photo. I, I'm just, I'm not going to buy a camera mm-hmm. and invest in that. This is not my deal, but I certainly can appreciate people who have that gifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and one other person in the church have used your gift of photography um, to help the church in general, right? At mm-hmm. different points. Ryan, your husband, as we've mentioned, it leads us in worship and song. He's mm-hmm. using that gift, that particular art, and so we have that and that's a beautiful thing in the body of Christ. And so that's, that's where we see true community at work. Mm. It's not what we all have in common. It's the diversity that we have that point to Jesus. Mm. And that's what, I mean, so again, thinking out loud.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, again, you're pointing to the example that Paul sets too, for the body, like yes, not exactly. one part is better than the other, yep. but it all helps amplify Christ.
1: Yeah. If you're a toe, you're, you're super meaningful. Right. Um, super meaningful <laughs> i mean maybe that wasn't a very good example <laughs> A hand a foot <laughs> toe <laughs> whatever it works yeah it works okay anything else you want to point out before you get some recommendations
0: i i don't think so i feel like we pretty much talked about everything
1: yeah i think it was kind of on our outline there yeah Not yeah, great so recommendations you got some great resources you've mentioned andrew peterson and in the dark mm-hmm. um, anything else in terms of christian content because i i full disclosure for everyone's listening i think i uh, text shelby every two three months and basically you need to what what am i missing what what should i be listening to (laughs)
0: uh
1: so she's gonna give you some of those text messages responses
0: (laughs) sure uh it depends on what your interest is yeah sure so um again i i could i could be a a major like proponent for andrew peterson all day every day Mm -hmm. um so, and he also has a children's series called a uh, Wing Feather Saga, which right. I am just starting to read, and okay. I've heard nothing but amazing things. Yep. I have nephews and nieces that are obsessed with it, so you know that's a good sign. Yeah. Um. Also, artists in general, if you're looking for a way to be involved in Christian community and continue to just kind of expand outside of your particular gifting, but collaborate, or not even necessarily collaborate, but converse with other artists Mm -hmm. who love Jesus and love pulling deeper themes from a variety of contexts and mediums. Oddly enough, Andrew Peterson and his friends started this community called the Rabbit Room. Hmm. And so um, there's is
1: that, uh, online or yep, is it Facebook. That's,
0: or? that's a well, There's a Facebook community, I think, that you can sign okay. up to be part of. But there's also like an online site that they have like guest speakers and like articles and stuff like that. Um, they have a conference, I think, once a year that oh, cool. like a variety of artists can just like come and be in community together. Because they really want to foster that. So oh, it's
1: rabbitroom.com.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's a really good one. Um, if you're looking for more deeper discussions on film, um, particularly, I know that there is a uh, writer for the Gospel Coalition, Brett McCracken. Yep. Um, and he's got some really thoughtful insights on film and how like redemptive themes and other really beautiful elements of film can be um expressive of the gospel so i would highly recommend that um the gray havens which are a music band really good um they draw a lot of beautiful elements from c.s lewis's work and tolkien's totally um their latest album blue flower i feel like is is beyond exceptional
2: really is it their best one yet
0: oh hands down they're drawing an element from there that i feel like even if you weren't believer I feel like this would just it would it it fosters a sense of wonder that I can't quite articulate so side tangent a little bit here they are pulling from C.S. Lewis's autobiography called Surprised by Joy yes and he talks about the lead singer um, of uh, the Grey Havens he talks about how when he was reading it that he saw this he saw this thing in the book that kind of looked like a hyperlink. Like, mm. what does this word mean? <laughs> and it was called the blue flower. And so you're like, well, what on earth is that? And I wasn't even really sure myself until I looked it up. Um, and um, it is a symbol that a German poet used. And it ended up being used in a variety of contexts. Well, C.S. Lewis uses it. um. He references it when speaking of the feelings of longing mm-hmm. that beauty elicited when he was a child, and he associates it with the German word "Sinsucht." I want to say, um, which is translated as a longing, a okay. desire, a yearning, or a craving. So it's like, like an ache that you, like an ache that's so deep you can't just quite. Yeah describe it sure. and it's like okay seriously what a better metaphor for the kingdom to come yeah you know what i mean so i just i love that i think that's so good
1: so quick plug in the great havens they're actually playing at a sister church um oh, yes. uh Cornstone fellowship church in yes. apex north carolina so if you're there uh, what day is it it is april 9th saturday april 9th so they're part of our denomination so uh, yeah they're playing there yeah. I, I'm, I was looking at their schedule. I'm like, are they coming anywhere close to Des Moines? I think they are. Oh, Altoona. Mm hmm. Oh, hello. Hello. Mm hmm. <laughs> okay.
0: Surprise.
1: Yeah. They're great. We, <laughs> we love them. My kids love them as well.
0: Yeah. Their song, their songwriting is more narrative, but I feel like the themes that you pick out from there are just really, they're really beautiful. Um, Some, um, some other musicians that I really love their writing because of, just the way the way that it is it's like it's like reading poetry Mm. but again just a deeper biblical truths that i just love uh zach winters of course andrew peterson um andy Golohorn, uh taylor lanehart uh sky peterson who is andrew peterson's daughter (laughs) girl's not even 20 and she's so sickly talented i can hardly stand it uh bethany barnard uh john guerra um movies. Well, um Josh Gerrell's. Oh yeah, Josh Gerrell, sorry. Yeah, him, yeah. He's really good. Uh TV films, Avatar the Last Airbender. I did recommend that. It is beautiful. Yeah. You will not regret it. Mm. Um, another favorite movie of mine because it fosters such a sense of wonder and beauty. The secret life of Walter Mitty.
1: I've heard of it, I've never seen it.
0: It's gorgeous. Is it? Okay. It was filmed in Iceland, which doesn't help my wonder list at all. Yeah. But it's 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 a really stunning movie. Cool. Um little women i feel like it's a really good example you wouldn't think that but i feel like there's some really profound redemptive themes in there that are just really good um the 2018 version in particular that was done through pbs the the way that they connect music and the way the way that they actually filmed that series i think it only amplifies that story in such a deeply emotive and meaningful way that i just i just oh yeah so good um minari um is a film that was done a couple years ago it's actually about an asian uh immigrant family that moves to the states okay and he's trying to build a farm um trying to start a farm and there's tension within the family but it's a very human story about the struggle to make it and to survive but also keep your family together Mm. um It reminded me so much of the pain and toil my parents went through when they were farmers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it brought back a lot of memories Mm. from the way that we grew up as kids and how hard that is just to keep your family together and to provide and to also just try to like maintain your farm and all that stuff. Like it was just really beautiful. Um, So I loved that um another disney movie meet the robinsons talks a lot about creativity and being curious um but also finding a sense of home yeah so i really love that
1: i haven't heard of that one it's really good it's really
0: old i think it's from Well, not really old it's from like 2005 so it's not that old (laughs) um uh some of the marvel movies that have come out in the past couple years so big ones that are huge in our house is black panther
2: yeah and shang chi
0: yeah um they just talk a lot about shame grief forgiveness consequences of sin there's some really beautiful deep themes in those movies yeah. that i just love
1: i find that marvel movies are a mixed bag you yeah take them one at a time in terms of you know there's some redemptive themes here
0: yeah totally
1: um and there's like there's a few that like i'm okay this is like black panther i would say mm-hmm. it's one of those because i really enjoyed that because you see it's so clear and obvious
2: right the themes are drawn out
0: right oddly enough so I, I feel like I'm not the only one that feels this way, but it seems like when they're doing their origin stories, they tend to take a better, a little bit of a better care uh,
2: yeah. with those
0: sort of things. At least that's kind of what I'm starting to notice. Yeah. It's when they get into the sequels that you're like, uh, mm,
2: yeah. a little bit. <laughs>
0: but with the exception, Stacey and I talked about this, with the latest Spider-Man movie.
1: I haven't seen it yet.
0: Okay, so um, I won't spoil it for you, but there is an element where one of the characters is trying to the the way that they tell you something without telling you something mm-hmm. of a character trying to redeem himself mm-hmm. from a mistake that he made yeah. and he allowed himself to get bitter and resentful yeah. and the way that he tries to write that wrong I like legit sobbed in the theater. Oh, wow. I just thought it was so well done. Cool. I mean, that particular element. The rest of the movie, I'm like, oh, it's a mixed yeah. bag. But that yeah. particular element I thought was really well done.
1: Cool. And then I, uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. I, I said identity, grappling with the past. That's yeah. Really That's
0: case. Yeah. I thought that that was really good. And especially like his relationship with baby Yoda.
1: <laughs> I know. I got my, I got a, I got a Yoda shirt on. I can't <laughs> see it because I got it
0: i think the way that you know he didn't necessarily want to take on that role and then he kind of ends up taking on that role and him dealing with his own past trying to figure out who he is and also trying to care for this little thing you know like there's a lot that's there yeah totally so
1: that's awesome and we already mentioned the chosen now there's some people who are not too happy about the chosen in general Mm -hmm. uh, for various reasons i get everything we mentioned everyone's going to come to it and say hey Right. Not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea to watch right. you know, Marvel movies or whatever. And that's cool. Right. Um, I don't want to watch The Chosen because it's depicting Jesus. Yeah, I can respect that. Right. I get that. I get that argument. Uh, what we're just trying to do is just help you think, well, create those categories. Yeah. Like... You know, there are in the, in the secular society, there are things that we can say, Hey, there are moments of redemption in that. Let's, let's, let's help people see that. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not your cup of tea. You just want to stick right into a particular category and not, and not get in that. That's cool. And yet we also know this other category of like, there's some things that are just clearly off limits. Yeah. Scripture informs us what those, those limits are. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, as we said earlier, within that space, there's, uh, a lot of opportunities to be creative yeah. for Christians.
0: Yeah. You know, and now that now that you say that too, I actually do think of a couple of filmmakers that I probably didn't mention, but um, I know that they are explicitly um, in a, like a secular context in the way that they're producing their films because it's, um, you know, it's not really within our, you know, the immediate Christian circle probably of, of filmmaking. Mm. But the stories the over like the the overarching themes that they're trying to tell are still deeply rooted in like almost um calvinistic theology which i find very interesting oh, no. yeah. so paul schrader he's oddly enough has done some stuff with horror films which i'm like okay you know i'll i'll, yeah. I'll set that aside that's yeah, fine
1: her past for me too
0: yeah <laughs> um but some of the movies that he's been doing more recently like talks about the sense of like unworthiness mm-hmm. and like Kind of like dealing with I can't work hard enough to make this right, yeah. And so it's like, well, <laughs> where do we see that? And yeah, yeah. you know, in a Christian context. So I I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. Um. And so the fact that he is taking his theology and you know, telling his story in a very unique way that to some you know person that has no framework for this kind of thing can still engage with that and be like whoa yeah you know um I think Terrence Malick is another mm. example um th- uh, a really popular one or at least um within some of my friends' circles is a uh, tree of life mm. um and that that one's a bit of a deep dive so it's like okay. if you kind of want your mind blown and have a major <laughs> philosophical <laughs> conversation for hours on end afterward <laughs> that one's a good one to go with yeah. so um it talks about uh, a person's life from being a baby till, you know, he dies. And yeah. um, there's some like creator, creation, yeah, yeah. Uh, death, life, okay, uh, sin, redemption elements in there. Um, my dear friend Nate Shepard, that is a favorite of his. Okay. And I've only seen it once. And sadly, I saw it kind of in a tough context where it's like we have this curtain up. And so I was like. I was laid back and like almost looking up watching it. And I almost got sick because there's a scene where it spins a lot. So it's like, if I just saw it on TV, I'd probably be fine. But from what I understood of the movie, there's really something beautiful being told there. it came out in 2011. Yeah. So stunning film. Really stunning film.
1: Oh, Brad Pitt. Sean Penn. Wow. Yeah. Great. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to look into it. Well, there's a lot out there. Um, the secular content, again, like as we, we've been discussing, but also Christian content as well. That's quality as we have are also mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. So last thoughts before I land the plane.
0: Mm, I can't really.
1: We covered it. We covered everything. Well, we covered We covered some ground though. Yeah. I mean, we're in we're about an hour and a half. We covered some good ground. Okay. That goes fast. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for joining. Yeah. I am glad we finally got to do this. Yeah. And um, obviously this is something you're, you, you love, you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. um i i've loved it even though you know our different um types of art our mediums are very different yeah <laughs> you know yeah I'm and still the way that we at,
0: appreciate and interact with absolutely it, yeah. and
1: i'm still looking at this guitar and thinking to myself maybe i'll pick that up <laughs> i gotta see the see the pics right there I, I got a tuner We'll see someday. Yeah.
0: Well, and to be fair, too, I feel like even as a believer, like the way that I interacted art when I was a child versus the way that I interact with it now is night and day different. Absolutely. And just even my capacity to like see redemptive themes and things that aren't explicitly Christian is still like, I feel like I'm able to experience that now versus like maybe even five, 10 years ago, I wasn't able to really... Yep. interact with it as much.
1: For me, it's a deeper appreciation. Yeah. Um. It is it is seeing those themes for one, but it's an appreciation for beauty in general.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Beauty as God has designed it. Mm-hmm. Um, not all, like we said earlier, not all things are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Some things are that you see could be very sinful or just not beautiful. War was an example I gave, right? Yeah, dark. Dark, yes. Um. um so, but where we see the beauty and it really, especially when it maps on with God's, creative order, his creation and his order, man, we can celebrate that Mm -hmm. and enjoy that. Whether it's you sitting at the Rocky mountains or it's a picture of the Rocky mountains, or you just painted the Rocky mountains, you Mm -hmm. know, or you hear a song about the Rocky mountains, (laughs) you know, and, uh, uh, we can appreciate that and just, we can see how it points to God. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, thanks everyone for listening to cornfield theology. As a reminder, cornfield theology is a ministry of redemption Hill church located in Des Moines metro we meet on sunday mornings at 10 a.m at radiant elementary um you can check us out cornfieldtheology.com apple podcast spotify youtube stitcher all the places you also can find us on facebook twitter instagram uh look for a redemption church if you go to those particular areas and if you want to receive a blog um when when they when they drop if you go to uh, cornfieldtheology.com put your email in there and then as soon as it drops it'll uh, be sent to your inbox so a lot of ways to get in touch with us if you have any questions or comments uh Feel free info at redemptionhilldsm.org or just put a comments and whatever you see this, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or uh, Twitter or, or whatever relevant outlet. We love your feedback. We love interacting with your questions. So thanks for listening. Thanks for taking interest. We just want to be helpful. We want to help, help you think well about Christianity, about who God is, what God's word says. And as it pertains today, what does that mean for the arts? So I uh, hope it was all helpful. Thanks. God bless. And until next time, peace out.
0: You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.
1: In this podcast, Andrew Peterson's book, Adorning the Dark, was referenced several times. The following is a reading from that book by Shelby Anderson enjoy
0: it never feels good to fail even if I knew all the Sunday school answers answers I actually believed by the way the truth was a bunch of people who believed in my music did a lot of work and put a lot of money on the line to try to sell it and there was something about it that just fell flat somehow I wasn't a valuable enough commodity to keep on the roster Radio stations played a lot of my first two or three singles, then the winds changed, and with a few exceptions, they just sort of stopped playing my songs. I can still remember the -the brick-in-the-gut feeling I had when the call was over, the eerie, foreboding sense that something significant had just happened, which would alter the shape of my life. Here's what I didn't tell you about that phone call. For years, I had badgered the label to let me record Behold the Lamb of God, and for years, they had said no. Finally, they let me out of the contract for it, saying that they didn't want it, and it wouldn't count as one of my required albums on my contract, but if I wanted to find the money myself and release it independently, I could. The day I was dropped from the label, I was standing in Osnaga's backyard while he and Ben were in the basement studio recording electric guitars on so long Moses. I hung up the phone took a deep breath, wiped a tear from my eye, and walked back into the studio. The guys were probably laughing at something and didn't notice at the first, at first that my face was pale. I just got dropped from my label, I told them. They stopped laughing and offered their condolences. Then, after a few moments of silence, someone said, So about this guitar part, do you want it to come in at the top of the chorus? And we were off and running. It was God's kindness to me, that I was not only in the middle of a project and had so much work to do that there was no time to wallow in self-pity, but I was surrounded by friends, by community, by people who told me implicitly, by their involvement in my life and work, that this was still worth doing, label or no label. It felt so good to walk back into that basement, roll up my sleeves and try to craft an album about Jesus. That's community. They look you in the eye and remind you who you are in Christ. They reiterate your calling when you forget what it is. They step into the garden and help you weed it, help you to grow something beautiful. So someone, I think it was Jeremy Casella, called the aforementioned meeting at Osnega's house in Creve Hall. Weird how much of this story revolves around that house. Most of us in the room had either been dropped by a label, had been courted and then abandoned by a label, or had experienced a wave of success and then foundered it to the point of drowning. We were looking for commiseration, for solidarity, for encouragement, for tangible ways we could help one another. In a city full of songwriters, we had found kinship, Not so much because our music was similar, it wasn't, except in the broadest sense, but because our callings were. Once again, Rich Mullins comes to mind. It would have been so nice if this man, whose music had gotten our attention years before we had met each other, who had blazed the trail we were trying, each in our own way, to follow, could have given us some wisdom and direction. But we were on our own. I mentioned the timing of 9-11 and Napster, but there's one other factor that played at least some part in leading us all to that room. Worship music. I don't know why, but sometime in the early 2000s, people started going bonkers for worship music. Radio started playing it more and more, leaving less and less room for songs with any kind of narrative or grit, or dare I say, personality. Every band, it seemed, had a worship album in the queue. And since radio, which sometimes doesn't want to admit that it's a tastemaker, was pushing that kind of music across the airwaves of America, churches were becoming less interested in non-worship artists. The thing is, as Christians who were singer-songwriters, we were already on the fringes of things. We were too explicitly Christian in content to get much work in the club circuit. And since we were storyteller-singer-songwriters, without radio hits or worship songs, it was getting harder to do church concerts it seemed we had three choices. One, become more mainstream. Two, become more CCM or worship-ish. Or three, stay the course and keep writing the kind of songs we believed in. Songs like the ones that moved us. Songs that were honest and open about the whole of our lives, which meant we were sometimes frank about the work of Jesus, but we weren't going to try and make them more Christian, which meant writing songs for corporate worship just to sell records or get radio play. And the only way we could see that third option working was to lock arms with one another in community. That meant doing shows together as often as possible. If one person had a show and an opener was an option, we'd bring another friend along. If we were interviewed, we'd try to mention our friends. Jill Phillips came up with the same, the Square Peg Alliance, and we put up a website with all of our pictures and links to our websites. We sang on each other's albums, we put out a sampler CD. Suddenly, label or no label, radio or no radio, we belonged to something. And that something was each other. We were no longer alone. Perhaps most important, it meant that whenever I was discouraged, I had friends who gave me courage. If I wanted to quit, someone was there to look me in the eye And tell me my songs mattered to them, if not to the masses. Remember C.S. Lewis telling Tolkien to keep writing? Art nourishes community.